It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw. Wednesdays on the program, we'll have Frank Schwab in about 30 minutes to join us. Big game tonight against the Hoosiers. We'll ask Frank what he, who he likes in the game and if he still thinks Wisconsin is not a tournament team. It might be a contender for the Big Ten outside. Anyone outside of West Lafayette seems like a contender. Purdue seems like they're going to be a runaway favorite in that league. Let's take a look at uh, some full-season awards and uh, perspective on how the season's gone in the NFL to open up today, Amal. And then we'll get into some college basketball matchups in the next segment. Right now, we have a dead heat in terms of the betting markets for Offensive Player of the Year in the NFL. Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor are both 8-5, to or plus 160 as we say in the betting markets, do you have a preference between the two of these if you were making a bet right now? Yeah, I would go with Jonathan Taylor because, first of all, the Colts are in a situation where they're going to need more games that are impaired of their success than the uh, Rams. The other thing is, the one thing that would push it in favor of Cooper Cup, though, is if he breaks Michael Thomas's record, I think, what, 149 uh, catches in a season that was two years ago in the 2018, uh, three years ago in the 2018 season. But to me, Jonathan Taylor has been a difference maker for this team, even more so than Cooper Cup has. And also, you got to remember one other thing. For some reason, if Matthew Stafford got hurt, I think that would really hinder Cooper Cup's chances. All right, let's take a look uh, at some of the long shots and see if any of them uh, might be worth a bet as well. Debo Samuel at the 49ers, 20-1. to 1. Interesting, the top quarterback on this list, Kyler Murray and Josh Allen, 
uh, at 25 to 1. Devontae Adams, 25 to 1. James Conner, 28 to 1. And my adopted son, Justin Herbert, 28 to 1. Yeah, Devo Samuel's a terrific player, but I wouldn't take him at that price simply because he's injured. He missed the last game, a critical game against the uh, Seahawks. I, I just think Taylor. Excuse me, Taylor and Cup. The success of their teams has been much more integral in their being higher up in the in the odds, and so I think those two will be there. I think Debo Samuel is a guy that you're going to kind of see. Or you just can't bet him at the point. Kyler Murray's missed too many games. The Buffalo Bills right now challenging schedule. They've got to play Tampa coming up. Um, I, I just wouldn't take Buffalo at this point in time. I, I'd like to do in season over and out, over or out. We did this with college. It was wildly popular with our many many viewers. Them all. Will the coach, the team, um, go over their win total, or will the coach be out? I mean, I, I can only think back to one that I really remember, uh, which was your guy Dan Mullen when I said if the Florida doesn't go over their season I, I, win total of eight, and, and you explained to us it doesn't matter how many games Dan Mullen wins, there's no pressure on him. And, maybe, but I didn't think if you, you're a top-six team in a year, uh, within a year, and all of a sudden you fire him. It's like firing Steve Sarkeesian after losing six games in a row. But I want to clarify one thing on the damn wall, and I'm glad you brought it up because I didn't think we'd get a chance to talk about this. You talk to anybody in the coaching ranks. This guy is one of the best schematic guys from a football standpoint in college football. The problem is college football is not based so on X's nose. maybe he should be an offensive coordinator. 100%. I agree with you. Everybody's not a recruiter. Everybody can't be Pete Carroll where they're going to win everybody in the living room and go get a Joe McKnight right out of Louisiana's backyard and go bring him in, or they're going to be Nick Saban, and they're going to go get anybody that they want, Bryce Young from Santa um, Ana Mater Day. All I'm saying is Mullen is a terrific schemer. There are a lot of guys who might be good at that, but they not, may not necessarily have the personality and the ability to persuade young people to come to their university. Will Dan Mullen be coaching next year? I don't know, depending on the way his contract is written up, because some of these contracts, um, you know, if you take a job, then there's a certain tier where it may come off of in terms of what you're compensated. I, I don't know. I think he'll probably be out for a year and then may get back into it somewhere else because he's still young. He's in his early 50s. Okay, let's do this for NFL. Let's start with last year's Coach of the Year, Kevin Stefanski of the Cleveland Browns. Their adjusted season win total now is 8.5, heavily juiced to the over, minus 140. Currently, they are 6-6. Six and six. If the Browns go 8-9 and nine this year, is Kevin Stefanski out? Uh, I don't think so. No. I think because Andrew Barry, who's in charge, is a Harvard guy. Mm -hmm. Kevin Stefanski is a Penn guy. These Ivy Leaguers have kind of run rampant in professional sports and with the analytics have managed to drive some franchises into the ground. Maybe they'll give the Browns another year before they completely do that. Because remember, they are not the ones that drafted uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I, I think if you gave them a quarterback, they'd be terrific. I do, too. All right. I believe I have a strong opinion on the next one. The Vikings, their adjusted season win total now at seven and a half. Sit at five and seven after the horrific loss to the Lions. You got to lay a lot of juice on the over, though. Here, minus one sixty-five that the Vikings will get eight wins or more. Will the Vikings win eight games, and/or will Mike Zimmer be out? Uh, I don't know if the Vikings are going to win eight games or not, but I will tell you this: to quote Thad Mata one time when they were playing down at the University of Miami, and Jack McClinton got thrown out of a basketball game, and they were talking to the referees, and he says to his team, "He goes, he's gone." I love the way he said it, and Mike Zimmer. He's gone. They're, you're just not going to keep What if they them. make the playoffs? I still don't think you keep yeah. Mike Zimmer. You've lost too many games. I think this team with a little bit of coaching, when you look at the games that they've lost, the Bengals game in week number one, the Cardinals game in week two, I get it, it was the kicker's fault in week number two, um, the Cowboys game against Cooper Rush. These are games that I've just mentioned that they had to win. The Ravens game is another one that they let slip away here. 
Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I think if you, I think Rick Spielman might also be gone. I think that they have a chance. Now they have a chance to win out and go ten and seven. And I say this because they get the Bears twice. They have the Steelers at home. They have to beat the Rams. That's going to be the game because the Rams will have something to play for. But the Packers may have this locked up by Week 17. I don't know though in terms of home field advantage. It's interesting because of Arizona. That'd be the way. But let's let's suppose a three and two is not going to get them in at eight and nine. They need to go four and one and get to nine and eight to have a chance. Would you take them at three to one to make the playoffs right now? I think you'd take a shot because I think they can win both Bears games. That's the Steelers game. Well, they have to. If they when they lose Thursday, it's just over. I mean, yeah, it's over if they lose Thursday. But you know, the Packers are going to need that game. Because it's still because of Arizona and the what, home field. Yeah, because it's week 17. If it were week 18, it might be yeah. a different scenario. But I think the Packers are going to really need that game. Interesting game when they host the Rams, though. Um, I, th- I think they match up decently with the Rams. We'll see what kind of what Matt Stafford we get, though. Rams are very good against horrific teams. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> we'll see when they face a challenge on the road. Okay, uh, the Panthers currently sit at 5-7. and seven. Their adjusted season win total is only over 6.5, uh, meaning 2-3 and three the rest of the way. Lay 25 cents on that. If you think they're going to go one and four, worse, plus 105. Do the Panthers go over the six and a half, or is Matt Rule out, or neither? I don't think Matt Rule's going to be out, but I don't know. You know, when you look at this team right now struggling, they've lost three out of their last four games. Uh, the schedule looks uh, pretty tough. Falcons at Bills, Buccaneers at Saints at Buccaneers. This team is going to be really fortunate to be able to get two games if they can get this Falcons game. If they don't win this Falcons game on Sunday, I don't know if they're going to win two game, uh, even a single, single game. So I don't think they'll get rid of Matt Rule. Here's the other thing that needs to be addressed. You cannot win in the National Football League with pedestrian average backup quarterbacks. That's exactly what Sam Darnold is. You know, he keeps getting recycled as a starter because he was a high draft pick and GMs want to justify their grade or rating on a player. I just don't think he's that good. And the other problem is Christian McCaffrey's consistently hurt. Someone texted me on Sunday, the Panthers should have traded for Minshew instead of Darno. Well, I've always been a Gardner Minshew guy. Mm-hmm. I go back to, he was at, I think he played at East Carolina and then transferred to Wazoo. He was terrific under Mike Leach there, could really move the football. And then we saw what he could do on Sunday. And I think if you're Philadelphia, you have to strongly consider starting Minshew because he gives a different dynamic to that court, uh, team, especially with Devontae Smith. All right, let's go up to Seattle where the Seahawks currently sit at four and eight. Their adjusted season win total is six and a half. Highest use of any of these on the board, minus 190. Um, so favored to win three out of their last five games. If the Seahawks go 6-11 and uh, 11 or worse, Amal, which would be their season win total, is Pete Carroll out? No, because I'm going to tell you, I think they might end up at 7-10, and 10, or they could even potentially. Well, they're favored to be 7-10 and 10 or better, right? Minus 190 to that. Yeah, I like that. Okay, just for people that are unaware, they're at the Texans. They yeah. should beat Houston next week. Then they're at the Rams. That's going to be a tough game. Bears and Lions at home. Yeah, and, and then Bears, Lions at home. But here's the other thing. The Arizona Cardinals in the final game of the regular season at Arizona, if the Packers somehow drop a couple of games or if they get home field advantage, then Arizona's not going to need that football game. And because there's no longer a bye for seeds two, three, and four, you're not going to play your guys if you don't need to. So there's a possibility they could win four of their last five games. I don't think Pete Carroll's out. If Pete Carroll's out, I think John Schneider goes as well. The Giants currently four and eight. Their adjusted season win total is over five and a half, minus 120. So the prediction is they would go two and three the rest of the way, uh, favored slightly. If the Giants go five and 12 or four and 13, is Joe Judge out? You know, I don't know. That's a good question. Remember, the, the Giants are one of those original franchises. They generally don't make a lot of hasty decisions. 
I still think Joe Judge will get another year. I, I'm probably one of the only few people that's a pro Joe Judge guy. I think the problem has been Daniel Jones. The fact that you took a running back at number two in Saquon Barkley, I get his immense talent. But again, as I referenced with Christian McCaffrey, injuries are a problem. I just don't think you could sit there and dismiss this team completely at this point in time. It's going to be a little bit of a rebuild, but do you feel like he's going to get you in the right direction is the big question mark, and that organization can answer that better than anybody else. Was it the right move to fire the clapper? <laughs> for people that don't know, that would be Jason Garrett, the former offensive coordinator for the Giants, who's now being considered for the Duke head coaching job. Um, you know, I would say yes. I've never been an overwhelming fan of Jason Garrett in terms of his play calling and what he does. But it's, but it's hard to say. Look, anytime you don't have a quarterback that's going to push the ball down the field, Kirk Cousins, uh, Jared Goff, it, it's hard to be successful. Even the only time Cousins does it because he's got one of the top receivers in the league. All right, your guy Urban Meyer at Jacksonville, they're 2-10. and 10. It's a flip pick them on uh, over three and a half total wins. Um, can the Jags win two more games? And what's Urban's future there in Florida? You know, it's interesting. I think he's got a pretty good relationship with Shad Khan, who's the owner of the Jaguars. So I think that'll keep him around. Remember, he's got a pretty big contract. I don't think Shad Khan wants to make a decision to fire him after a single year. Remember, their other first-round pick, Travis Etienne, didn't even play this year, gets injured, I think, in the preseason towards ACL. So if you're Jacksonville, I, I think you stick with Urban for one more year. You got an opportunity. You got the Texans at the Jets. Um, they could potentially win two out of their next five games here and wind up with four losses, wind up with a top-ten pick. Maybe go. Maybe if you're in the top five, you go get a Kayvon Thibodeau or somebody like that who could change your defensive fortunes quickly. We talked about betting AFC or NFC right now in the prop bet to win the Super Bowl. It was a pick uh, about a month ago. Now the NFC is minus 120. Oh. You still think there's value in NFC right now? I do. I think they're the clear choice right now, in my opinion. Even if the Chiefs come out of the AFC? Yes. Okay. All right, when we come back, we're going to turn our, fo- uh, our focus to tonight's college basketball slate. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, or Mall's personal favorite, Citrus. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine, Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. Let's get to one of your favorite subjects, college basketball. Starting to get into full swing here. Um, Last night, strong first half by the Cuse. But uh, Jay Wright and company took care of business in the second half. Well, if you're watching the game, you knew uh, Villanova only shot 25% in the first half. You knew Syracuse was in trouble when they were only up by a bucket against this Villanova team, and you have that much of a discrepancy in their field goal percentage, Nova comes out and plays extremely well in the second half. And then in the first game, uh, which was a very defensive-oriented game, Texas Tech got the job done uh, over Tennessee, winning 57-52. By the way, if anybody sat through and watched that game uh, who's not a college basketball fan, I apologize. Don't judge college basketball based off of that one game. My God, was Tennessee horrific shooting the basketball last night. These guys couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. It was unbelievable uh, how poor they shot the basketball. I'm just trying to pull up the numbers real quick. Six for 40 last night. 15% from the three-point line. For the three-point line from the game. I saw him miss a couple layups in the first 10 minutes. Game was like 6-4 at the 11-minute mark. It was yeah. bad. It got to overtime. I think it was around 44-44. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right, let's turn our focus to tonight and some betting opportunities here. UConn uh, travels to West Virginia to take on Bob Huggins' crew. The Mountaineers favored by two and a half a mall with a total of 139 and a half. Yeah, I didn't touch this game. Normally, I would like to take a Mountaineers team in this spot at minus two and a half in Morgantown. They're very tough there. But this UConn team is balanced. They got four double-digit scores. They can shoot the ball particularly well. I think it's going to be a challenge here. The other thing I like is they're 75% from the free throw line, which is great when you go on the road. You need teams that can make shots. 
When you look at this West Virginia team, one major flaw that they've got, Mike, is that they don't shoot the ball well from the perimeter. And you're going to need to do that as you get into matchups against teams that are much more competitive like Connecticut. Keep an eye on the Huskies this year in league play. I think they're going to be a real challenger. Uh, a couple of big matchups in the Big Ten tonight. Indiana goes to Madison to take on Wisconsin. Badgers favored by five with a total of 130 and a half. Yeah, I was looking at the dog here with the Hoosiers. I don't think they've got an answer for Trace Jackson Davis inside. I think they'll have a big-time day. And then on top of it, remember Xavier Johnson, the transfer from Pittsburgh, has been a huge addition for this uh, Indiana team. I think Mike Woodson's done a terrific job. They should have um, – they, they had a game – I forgot. I'm sorry, I was thinking about Nebraska when they lost that game against NC State that they should have won. But this Indiana team – oh, the, uh, they played Syracuse that night. They should have won that game in the Dome. They came from behind, did a tremendous job. Uh, this is a game I would lean towards taking the points with the Hoosiers here. And I'll tell you, a guy who's an unsung hero for this team is uh, Race Thompson. He does a tremendous job on the glass for them. On the flip side, I was looking at Bennett da- uh, Brad Davidson's stats. This guy's going to set the NCAA record for most starts in a career. He's only not started four games in his entire uh, Wisconsin career. He's going to wind up with about 160 games played when he gets done. Uh, Michigan State goes to Minnesota. They are favored by seven on the road with a total of 136. We saw the Wolverines go into Lincoln last night and absolutely destroy the Mayor Fred Hoiberg's Cornhuskers. Yeah, absolutely right. This Michigan State team does not shoot the ball particularly well from the field, just 44%, but from beyond the arc, doing a great job at about 36%. On the flip side, Minnesota had a good road win. I think you saw the end of that game at the hump against Mississippi State. It was a good game all the way. Uh, It was. Mississippi State came back from a 16-point deficit. Minnesota re-rallied to win that game. Yeah, for people that are unaware, (laughs) the game was played Sunday. The game gets tied by Mississippi State. Minnesota comes down and hits a three. And then, of course, Mississippi State doing what a lot of young college players do nowadays. We're going to go one on five. I'm going to hit the game-tying shot. And, of course, it comes up well short. And Minnesota holds on for the victory there. Mike, this number seems a little bit too big for me on the barn on the road. Minnesota's still undefeated. They are still undefeated. But outside of Mississippi State, they haven't played a lot of teams that are extremely challenging. Uh, this I would not want to lay seven here on the road with Michigan State team. Defensively much better. They're shooting the ball well from beyond the arc. 36% are the Spartans. But I would lean towards the home team here. Okay, Utah State in an in-state matchup is at BYU tonight. BYU uh, lane six with a total of 141. Yeah, I like this Utah State team. Very fundamentally sound. When you look at this team, Justin Bean and Brandon Horvath do a terrific job in terms of scoring the ball. The one concern I have going on the road for the Aggies is they don't have really a third true score. It's kind of by committee. Those two guys I mentioned average about 35 points, but you need somebody else to step up, especially when you go into the Marriott Center. Probably, or actually, without question, the second toughest place to play on the road in the WCC outside of uh, the kennel up in uh, Seattle. Uh, excuse me, up in uh, Spokane for uh, Gonzaga. But, Mike, I-, I didn't play this side. I have a play on the total later on. I bet you it's over. Well, why do you say that? Because Utah State averages 78 yeah, points a game yeah. and, and BYU Utah. averages 76, which would combine to average 154? They're both good-paced teams, fast-paced teams. Uh, we shall see. Okay. <laughs> That's a, a lot of suspense for us. You were, you were bang on on your total last night. It went over by like 18 points. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I, look, I I didn't look till late, and then I saw it was way ahead of pace, and then I just took back to the final. Yeah, I think that I think they end up at around 157. They only or something. needed like 12 points with six minutes to go or seven minutes to go, and and it flew well, by. I felt pretty good in the first half when they scored 77 uh, points, and they needed 63 for the second half, 64. Tonight in Tucson, a battle of the undefeated as Jeff Linders, Wyoming Cowboys take on Tommy Lloyd's Arizona Wildcats. You and I are both high on this Arizona team. Yep. They're laying 16 here in this bottom all total 150 and a half. Look, 
I, I looked at taking the points with Wyoming, but I think the athleticism and the length of Arizona is going to be a problem for the Cowboys tonight. I'm going to watch this game. Looking forward to this one. Arizona's really good. But when you look at this Wyoming team, they can really score the basketball. When you look at what they've been able to do so far this year, averaging 82, 83 points a game, the key, though, is going to be Ike and Maldonado. These two guys, Mike, average 41 points combined. A terrific tandem. But the problem is Maldonado doesn't shoot the ball well. And against Arizona, uh, whereas against some of the smaller teams, you can drive the lane. You're not going to be able to do that against this team. When you look at the length they have inside, this is going to be a real problem. I like this Wildcats team. They do everything extremely well. I mean, the one thing I would like to see them do a little bit better as they get down the stretch is shoot the ball from the free-throw line better. They're just under, in the low 70s. And the three-point arc, you'd like to see them get over 35. They're at about 33% right now. Britton, see if you can find us odds on Arizona to win the Pac-12. I'd be interested in that. Uh, I just want to add something real quick. Three teams are going to win this Pac-12. UCLA, USC, or Arizona. I think Arizona's an under-the-radar team for the league title. I think Oregon's not going to be that competitive. And I think the league's got a problem. I'm going to tell you, the team to keep an eye out for in this league is going to be Washington State. They're pretty good. Utah uh, plays TCU tonight. TCU laying two here with a total of 134. Yeah, this is a game I looked at, and I, I was think, thinking about taking TCU at home here, but no interest in doing that. When you look at this Utah team, they had a come-from-behind win against uh, a Cal the other day, but they, they struggled to score the ball at times. Remember, Teddy Allen, their best offensive player last year, transferred, and he's out of the program now, so it's going to be a real challenge in this game. Jamie Dixon's team inconsistent offensively. That's a concern I have. They don't shoot the ball particularly well. Uh, this should be a more of a defensive game. I was looking at this total under 134, but chose not to play it. You know, I didn't know that um, Mark Fox had gone to Cal I, when I was watching that game. Do you think he can turn it around there? That, I, that program has been, I mean, talk about a team that stayed at the cellar in a, in a Pac-5, uh, uh, Power 5 conference. They've been at the bottom now for a decade. Yeah, they really have. They've really been struggling. I don't know. You look at right now, Oregon State's bad in league play. Colorado, Tad Boyle doesn't have as good of a squad he's had in the past. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Arizona plus $3 to win the Pac-12 this year. Is that worth it? I think so. Because when you look at this league, it is a three-and-a-half team league. Uh, the three teams I mentioned and then Washington State, and I don't see anybody else really being a contender outside of these teams. None of these teams, the rest of the, in the league, are going to win in L.A. or going to win in Tucson. Marquette is in the Little Apple tonight to take on K-State. The Wildcats, one-and-a-half-point home favorite, 142-and-a-half a mile. Yeah, interesting matchup here. I was really impressed with K-State getting the win, coming from behind against Wichita State on Sunday. Did a tremendous job here. Marquette's already got a big win against Illinois. Uh, we'll see if they can build upon that. This one is at Bramlage in Manhattan tonight. This would, if I'm playing this game, Mike, I'm either taking the home team or I'm not playing it. Um, I want to ask you, I, I, I glossed by that. What about the TCU total with Utah, 134? Any interest in the under there? Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Oh. I didn't end up playing it, but I would look towards the under here. I think this would be a little bit more of a defensive game uh, than probably what you would normally see with TCU at times. I know like the, they like to get up and push tempo when they can, but I think this would be a, a better defensive game. Florida is once again a 20-plus point home favorite tonight. They're taking on North Florida. They lost as a 23-point home favorite two days ago, Amal. Are you going to lay 26-and-a-half with them tonight? You know, I thought about it because this is a North Florida team mm -hmm. that lost down to Miami to Florida International by about 25 or 26. They also dropped a game against Kentucky by 34. And if there's ever a Gators team that's going to come out and play with some intensity, I would potentially see if you can get the Gators at under 14 in the first half and take a look at the Gators. I think they're going to suffocate the Ospreys. Your Buckeyes are at home tonight taking on Towson. They're favored by 15. I thought about laying the points here as well because this Towson team can't shoot the ball particularly well. Saw them play against Pittsburgh. They struggled. Uh, this Buckeyes team should be able to get it done. Had a nice performance on Sunday uh, at the Bryce Jordan Center against Penn State. 
It's Purdue, and then what's the next tier in the Big Ten? Don't know. It's it's uh, when you say tier, I'd say Ohio well, State, Michigan, two, two or three other teams. Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan, and Wisconsin, and Michigan State, four teams. Yeah. Okay. Finish second to fifth. Yeah, but Purdue, there's separation between well, I, Purdue. I, I, and, yeah, I think there's yeah. a big separation. I yeah. just wonder who the next tier is. Yeah. Really, we don't know yet. Up next, our friend Frank Schwab. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN Bowl Betting Guide is almost here with everything you need to bet smarter on every bowl game. This year's guide provides matchup analysis on every bowl game, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your best bets. The guide is designed to give you an edge whether you are betting on every game, playing contests, or just want to find a few key high-value props. The guide drops December 13th. Make sure to get your copy today for only $19.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. Or here's what's better. Why don't you pay $99 and get everything through Super Bowl and all? That'd be you a great get, deal. Yeah, yeah, you get this. This is the playoff guide. You get uh, point spread weekly every week. But most importantly, Bill Ades members only. Uh, email at uh, 9 in the morning with all the best bets. We should have VSIN members only jackets soon. By the way, I'm just mad. I'm looking at the best James Bond songs of all time. They're ranked uh, for your eyes only eight. Yeah, but she needs to not that big. Uh, welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. It's Wednesday. It's 1130 Pacific. That means we bring in our friend Frank Schwab, who was with us in studio last week. Frank, how are you doing? Good, good. Not as good as last week. I'm just stuck in boring old Castle Rock, Colorado, not in Vegas. But hey, you know, I'm, I'll manage. Frank, we want to know why behind you the stands are empty. We thought it'd be a tough ticket for this one. <laughs> Stub up. It's going crazy, man. It's, <laughs> the scalpers are outside. It's it's ridiculous. Frank, your Badgers take on the Hoosiers tonight in a key early Big Ten tilt. Badgers are favored by five. Do you like anybody in this spot? And before the season, you said you didn't think the Badgers were a tournament team. Have you changed your opinion? I have. Uh, I, Greg Hart's doing a great job. The, the, this young team has come together really fast. I, I mean, I was watching the Maui, not Maui Invitational, and just being like, who are these guys? Like, this is such an enjoyable team to watch. They're, they're good. I, I legitimately think they're a tournament team now. And if you would have asked me about this game a month ago, I'd have said, well, I, yeah, I don't have a lot of faith. Uh, Indiana's probably favored. But now even as Wisconsin minus five, I don't hate Wisconsin. It's a little too rich for my blood. I'm probably going to lay off. I don't I don't know that I necessarily want to go full five with this, but I think Wisconsin's legit. I think they're a good team, and and guard for all the issues he had this offseason, all the negativity, done a heck of a job early this season. Frank, when you were here, you liked Duke to beat Gonzaga straight up. Um, they did. Gonzaga struggled. Um, they only beat Tarleton by less than 10, and then they get housed in Seattle by Alabama. Is this Gonzaga team really a Final Four team? I think so. I think that this is, I think there was some letdown factor after the, you know, the week they had that week, the, the big games they had, the UCLA-Duke combo. It, it's it's got to be hard for Gonzaga. They, they kind of know, okay, our season starts in mid-March. And what do we do for the next four months? We tune up. Like, it's, it, it's really got to be difficult a team coming off an undefeated season last year before the title game this year they're expected to just walk into the final four i think they're going to be just fine i really do even though i like duke in that game that's because just because i really like duke i think Duke's a very good team now you know are they going to go to the final four who knows i mean things happen in the tournament we see upsets all the time but 
Do I think they're a Final Four quality team? Absolutely. I think this is one of the top four teams in America. I think they're going to be just fine. Alabama's going to do that to some teams. Alabama can get up and down. They're really, really well coached. They can hit some shots. And they just kind of snuck up on Gonzaga on that one a bit. But I think Gonzaga's going to be just fine. They'll get the rhythm pretty soon here. I tend to agree with you in terms of the Zags. They'll be just fine. Let's go to the NFL Thursday night. Interesting matchup here between Pittsburgh and Minnesota. Critical game for both teams in terms of the wild card contention. This could be an eliminator. Uh, I wanted to get your take on who you think wins this game. Vikings are a three-point favorite. But also, looking at it from a Minnesota standpoint, do we see the end of a trio there with Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman, the general manager, and then, of course, Kirk Cousins, the quarterback there? Yeah, it's funny. The NFC, the bottom rung of the you know the wild card race is so, so weird. Even losing to the Lions really didn't knock the Vikings out of the playoffs or anything. They're, they're right there in the mix. I think Football Outsiders has them at like 35% to make the playoffs, which is shocking after last week. I'm right. I'm sitting here writing Sunday that, you know, hey, it's over. Somebody's got to go. I, unless Even if you win out and make the playoffs, these Vikings fans just want change at this point. I get it. I really do. It's just one of those things. Look, I'm an analytical guy. I don't necessarily believe in clutch. And I, I do believe that record and close losses evens out just because of regression. But when it happens to the same team over and over and over, it's sometimes just in their DNA. And I think it's the Vikings DNA with this brain trust they have with cousin Zimmer combo, that they're just going to lose close games. There's just some fatal flaw there. I really starting to believe that. I know what I'm getting out of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, their offense stinks. I get that, but they're going to battle every single game. They're going to keep it close. I really like Tomlin. I like what I've seen out of this team this season, knowing that they're, Really shorthanded, really limited, but that yet every game they're most games, I guess, they're in it. They play hard. I kind of ignored what happened in the Bengals game. I was on the Steelers money line last week. That paid off for me. I think Steelers, I'm gonna have the points, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they win this straight up. I, I at least know what I'm getting out of Steelers where I don't necessarily know what I'm getting out of the Vikings in. We're talking with Frank Schwab, a senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports, also their betting analyst. Frank, is this gonna be the third straight year we see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? We saw the top two teams in the AFC East play in that win-driven game uh, on Monday night. Both have flaws. We know Derrick Henry's out for the Titans. Colts might be a dark horse. Um, And then Baltimore has played very shaky on the offensive side of the ball and have injuries in the backfield. Should the Chiefs be the favorites in the AFC? Maybe if you got to pick one. This is the type of year where you just pick them out of a hat, right? I I don't really trust any of these teams to make it. I don't. I don't like you said, the Colts are even, I mean, if you get the Colts into the playoffs, mm-hmm. I don't mind them. They've played good football and they're really, really well coached. The problem I have with the Chiefs is their offense isn't fixed. Look, on Sunday night, yeah, they, they got the cover against the Broncos, but if you're on the Broncos like I was, you look and you say, well, okay, a muff punt, a pick six. There's no way the Chiefs should have covered this big spread because their offense is still broken. I, they didn't have a play other than two passes to running backs, one to Edwards Alaire, one to Darrell Williams. They didn't have one play. It went for more than 14 yards. And even Collinsworth pointed out, this isn't just too deep and they're just taking away everything deep. He said the Broncos are playing a lot of single high and they're just not taking shots anymore. And you just wonder, there's something wrong here. There's some disconnect. There's, they're not clicking on offense. I don't know if Patrick Mahomes has lost a little bit of his confidence. I don't know if Andy Reid's lost a little bit of his confidence in, in calling the right plays. I don't know if maybe Tyreek Hill is a little banged up and a little bit slow. Ty, Travis Kelsey's a little old. Maybe it's a combination of everything, but... I, as weird as it sounds, I don't trust this Chiefs offense to go into the playoffs and just wreck shop. We we sit here, we talk about every week. We're like, this is the week the Chiefs bounce back. This is the week we see 40 points out of the Chiefs. This is the week. The, it's week 14. If it hasn't happened yet, it's not going to happen. And I don't think this Chiefs offense is really a championship quality unit yet anyway. 
Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. I want to ask you another thing on the offensive side of the ball, but concerning the Carolina Panthers, Joe Brady gets fired on Sunday morning around 10 o'clock, which was pretty peculiar. Joe Brady was 32 years old. I'm not saying it like he's passed away. He still is 32 years old, but he still is. Yeah, yeah more yeah, importantly, I think so anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'm just surprised by the timing of the firing. I, I thought, you know, if you're going to do it, you could have done it early in the week when you had the bye coming up. What do you make of the situation there? And is Matt Rule potentially in trouble there with uh, Tepper, the new owner there in Carolina? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I was really surprised by the timing of it. And you have to put two and two together and say there were a lot of co- college coach openings. Joe Brady made a lot of, of his name at LSU that one year. Was David Tepper mad that he heard that Joe Brady was, you know, sniffing around on these college jobs? It just sense. It, it, what doesn't make sense is firing your offensive coordinator on Sunday morning. That's weird. So, but let's take it for face value, and they just happen to come up with this decision on Sunday. I think what we're seeing out of the Panthers is this is an impulsive franchise. It's it, David Tepper is a more likable Daniel Snyder, basically, where he just whatever whatever he feels like that day, that's what they're going to do. So when you when you ask about Matt Rule. I like Matt Rule. I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's really done anything to deserve getting fired, although the season hasn't gone well. But you don't know anymore because the Panthers just seem to be this team that's, you know, at noon they have one plan, at 1 p.m. they have another plan, at 2 o'clock check back because we don't know. I, it just seems like Tepper is one of these guys who made his billions elsewhere, got into the football business, and is just trying to take it over by force of will. And it doesn't work that way in the NFL. But they're, they're going to keep doing these kind of seat-of-their-pants moves. And I thought Joe Brady was – was one of those moves, and unless we hear the true story about what went on, which I don't know of what it is. All right, Frank, we're down to four. The playoff has finally arrived, uh, or we don't. Danny, cash your ticket. Congrats! I, I was I was thinking about that this week. I that did. Was nice. I didn't end up hedging. I I want to roll the dice with Baylor. If Baylor would have lost and Oklahoma State would have scored on the last possession to win the game there with no time left. I would have bet Alabama money line and thought maybe I could win both ways because I'm not sure as bad as Oklahoma State looked, they were getting in over Cincinnati, but we'll never know. Here's my question. I think it's crazy to give Michigan more than a touchdown against Georgia. Uh, you agree with me? I think so. I, I We could see a scenario where Georgia just looked, the Alabama matchup was good for them. They could match athlete for athlete. I didn't think that was coming. We talked about it last week. I was surprised at how good Alabama looked against Georgia. Well, let's take the whole season and know that Georgia was an elite team. I don't think that defense was exposed necessarily. I just think, look, Alabama can match them athletically. I don't know that Michigan can. But, yet, yeah, Michigan's hot. They're playing great. They have a lot of confidence right now. And, I, yeah, the, the points sound good here. The points sound right. I think we could see a close game Well, acknowledging that, hey, we could get into a scenario where, you know, oh, that's right. Georgia held them to six points because they have the best defense in the country. It's just Michigan isn't Alabama. And, uh, but yeah, I, as we sit here today, I think Michigan and the points is probably the way to go. All right. Thanks. Thanks for your time once again. And we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Thanks, fellas. Thank you. All right. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the playbook. I'm all in and we'll delve into some NHL and NBA. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bed River Sportsbook takes football as same-game parlays to a whole other level. Now you can combine same-game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combination. In addition to that, Bet Rivers has added more and more same-game parlay props for college football matchups just in time for the biggest games of the season. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21. Gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, one 800 9 with it. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. And Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Playable in New Jersey. I was play Sugar House. Woodware prohibited. Welcome back into Outtown. I'm Mike Palm. He's a mall show. Just trying to keep up with the pace of mall. The uh, faster I speak, the better I am. That's true. Now, let's get to the uh, mall end segment. Recap yesterday, and then you have a couple plays for us today. Yeah, one and one Got beat on the two-lane game down in New Orleans yesterday. Had a nice lead in the first half, about six to eight points, and then got absolutely smoked in the second half. 
Uh, second half, uh, College of Charleston doing a nice job of bouncing back in that second half there. And then the you mentioned earlier the UMass game against Northeastern easily flies over the total, so trying to get back here. Uh, Eastern Michigan against Niagara, taking Eastern Michigan minus one at home up in Ypsilanti. This Niagara team can shoot the ball fairly well, but they don't play with a ton of pace. Uh, game will be slowed down into a half-court situation. I don't think they're going to go on the road and win this game out of conference. I like Eastern Michigan here. And then you mentioned earlier, Utah State, BYU, uh, the total at 141. Both teams uh, average combined about 154 points. I think Utah State at 78, BYU at 76. I went under 141 here. Mike already making faces off camera, so you couldn't see it, but he's shocked by this one. I'm telling you right now, when you look at the pace of play for both of these teams, this is the one thing you have to be careful of in the early part of the season. Numbers are skewed when you play, you know, John Waters University and all these types of schools, then you score 130 points. The points per game average skews some of these statistics. You got to look more at competitive matchups to see where teams are and also pace. That'll give you a much better indicator in terms of how teams are. I like this game under 141. Okay, yesterday was just an absolutely horrific beat if you only had under two and a half in that game in Porto with Atleti and Porto. 0 0 at half. Atleti scores uh, in the mid 50 minutes to take a 1 0 lead. And then Nigel, give Nigel credit. Nigel Seeley, who appears on Follow the Money here as the, as the soccer expert, said to bet a red card in the game. He said this French referee gave out red cards in 13 out of 36 matches last year, including five in a game in France. He proceeds in a nine-minute span to give out three red cards. So now it's nine on eight, right? It's I like didn't know three. that. Yeah, it was nine on eight. Three red cards. Nine on eight. So now it's like three on three overtime hockey. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of space. But we get to the 89th minute, one nothing. I, Amal, you know I do this. I took over one and a half in the 84th minute. Plus $2. Plus, yeah, it was close to plus $2. Here's what I did. If you're talking in real dollars, I had 4200 to win 4000 on under two and a half. Okay, and I bet twenty two hundred on just short of four dollars to break even if it went over two and a half. But I set up an eight thousand dollar middle on the game. They score in the ninetieth minute on a on a poorly defended sort of breakaway with it with a great finish by Athleti to go two nothing, and then just a horrific effort play by the defender in the ninety second minute by Porto who lets it get stolen away and they tap in a rebound and I lose. I only had two minutes in the middle. I mean, it wasn't like I was celebrating. It only lasted. And then a ridiculous penalty call on the last kick of the game where the defender was running out of the box, and he called, and he called a trip. Um, but that's the heartbreak of betting unders, I guess. Uh, I'll start with the Wolfsburg-Lille game uh, at uh, Volkswagen Arena in Germany. Uh, Lille leads this group. Lille advances with a point. Wolfsburg's at the bottom of the group. The, the group is 8-7-6-5 in terms of points of all going into the last leg. It's, it, it's, it's really crowded there. Um, Lille is a great defensive team here. You see it reflected in the total under 2.5, minus 130. First meeting, I think, only had one goal. I'm going to go under here, but only for one unit here because I'm still, I can barely sit down after that beat yesterday, all right? And then the other game I just think is mispriced for two units. The Rangers have played terrific. I'm all, they're like 13-4-3. And they're at home, right? And they've got uh, their top goalie in net. And they're plus 150 against the Avs, who so far, to me, have underachieved. The goalie change has not helped them. I thought this game, would, if anything, would be closer to a pick or maybe the Rangers a slight favorite. I've got to take the 150 tonight. Yeah, I don't disagree with you here. This is a high price for this Colorado Avalanche team on the road to be laying. I think this Rangers team has been very competitive, good team in terms of getting this price. So, I'm I'm with you on this one. By the way, I love on Twitter, uh, you decided to blame me for the loss because I said, oh, you're in great shape in this one. I think you're going to win. By the way, the quote you had, I would never even use those words in my life. So I knew it was absolutely a misquote. 
I was pretty close. Yeah, if you're going to quote somebody, get it right. What did you say? You said congrats on your ticket. No, I didn't say I said you're in great shape. We go back here and put a little bug in the booth here. We were watching together in the first half. By, by the way, I love how your entire army took up for you there. That's why I had to call it out. I said, if you're this stupid, I believe I have this much of an influence, you shouldn't really bet. I like you're very engaged with the social here. And, of course, we have a new social media maven that's helping us out at VEASAN. But I'd like that, you know, there's a VEASAN um, fan page on Facebook. And there was a comment yesterday. There was There was a string and they were talking about different hosts. And our friend Kevin Kuntz said, I like Amal and Mike, but I'm not wild about Amal's picks. Every time he says one team will, quote, boat race or, quote, curb stomp another team, they rarely cover. And then he asked a very poignant question. Is Amal actually a handicapper or just a personality? I give you time to respond. I said, we can post up heads up and go heads up. I said, what do you care? If I'm that bad, then go ahead and fade me. I said, Put, post up your money. Everybody wants to call me out. Like that one douchebag on Twitter that wanted to call me out. I said, you want to take my bets? Go right what ahead. Happened? I thought he was wiring in the 10,000. He, he, went to like the, the he went to the OBGYN's like office. He didn't like okay? the Okay, he went to the OBGYN's office. This was office. the guy that said you were a fool for teasing through the zero. Yeah, but then he was a big – he was absolutely <laughs> scared to take the bet when I said it. Because he didn't, like the, side. he didn't <laughs> like the side. <laughs> He's a see you next Tuesday. Let's see a big night in the NBA here, Amal. The 76ers go on the road to take on the Hornets. They're lane six with a total of 215. Yeah, you know, when you look at this matchup, this is a good one. This Hornets team has played far better than I think people anticipated coming into the season. They've done a really nice job. And, you know, Ball, I'm not necessarily a big fan of his, not in terms of as a player, more because of his dad, right? He was just so annoying. But this kid is unbelievable. He's a real talent. Has a tremendous acumen in terms of seeing the floor and what he's able to do. Revenge spot here for the Hornets. They lost the game previously, 127-124 against the 76ers here. I got to take the Hornets here plus six in this one. But remember, they've got a couple of guys that are missing in action. That's the one concern you have because of COVID. And I, I didn't re- I didn't realize uh, Ball's also still out. So it's a little bit of a stay away spot probably on the sixth there. I didn't realize he was still out. I knew Rozier was out, which is a big blow for them. So. You know, one of your principles, when the show first started in January, we talked a lot of NBA, right, because mm-hmm. the, the Super Bowl had just gone off. And one of the things you said was you like the Charlotte team at home when they're catching five or more points. Yeah. But normally it'd be an easy play, but I was wondering why this line was so out of whack, and I should have seen it as soon as I saw the number six. It's too high of a number, but with the guys in COVID, it's a big blow here. But the one thing is, in the NBA, it's amazing. They don't give enough credit on a game-by-game basis. It's kind of a longer-term factor in terms of players being out. You think the Charlotte team is a playoff team? I do. Uh, Bulls are on the road, uh, but a short road trip to Cleveland to take on the Cavaliers. The Cavs favored by three, total 211.5. This Cavs team is playing well. Defensively, has really been the key. Remember, they lost Colin Sexton. It was a big blow. But once they got Mobley back in that mix, he is really tough defensively. When he's on the floor, he makes a difference for this team. They've done a really nice job here. I'm uh, not going to touch this game here, but this Bulls team is one to keep an eye out for throughout the course of the season. I think they're going to be really dangerous. Again, they've got COVID factors. DeMar DeRozan being out, Alex Caruso being out. That's a big factor in terms of when you look at this team. On Sunday, while I was watching Minnesota and Mississippi State, I also watched a very good game between Cleveland and Utah. Yes. Utah actually ended up winning by one, but that was a back-and-forth possession-by-possession game almost the whole fourth quarter. It really wasn't. It was a higher-scoring game yep. than you would have thought with both teams who can play defense. All right, Frank Schwab's Milwaukee Bucks are in South Florida tonight to take on the Heat. Bucks minus 6.5, total of 217. Yeah, again, remember, Miami dealing with crazy injuries right now. Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler out, Bam Adebayo out. No wonder why we're seeing this one. And Markeith Morris, I just threw him in there because somebody might be a fan who's an anti-Jokic person. But... You look at this team, it's going to be a real challenge here. On the flip side, you got Lopez and Divincenzo out for the Bucs. Excuse me. I, 
I would be tempted to lay the points here. Without Bam Adebayo, without Jimmy Butler, I, I think it's going to be a real challenge against this Milwaukee team. Blazers at Warriors, no Dame, no CJ. Warriors laying 14, total of 216. Yeah, unfortunately, CJ McCollum's going to be out for probably several weeks. He's got a collapsed lung. That's going to be a big blow to that team in terms of what they're able to do. Uh, look for Steph to have a monster shooting night tonight. Remember, he's chasing Ray Allen's all-time NBA three-point field goal. It's made. I think he's 16 away or 15 away, so he's got an opportunity to get closer tonight. You know, with Steph, you would never say it's out of reach, but it would probably be difficult to see him getting to that number tonight. Celtics still in L.A. back-to-back. They take on the Clippers. You said yesterday, LeBron uncertain. Take the Lakers at the line right now. We had a player bet the Lakers about every way to Sunday last night and it paid off here, Circa. Well, I thought the number was too short. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought even if LeBron didn't end up playing, you could take a shot with them regardless and then maybe potentially get off of it. Clippers and- are four tonight, a total 210 and a half of them all. Yeah, this is going to be a tough spot for the Seas, even though you don't have any travel involved here, staying at the same hotel, playing in the same building. I think uh, Boston's going to be in a little bit of trouble in this one. I, I like the Clippers here at lane four in this game, Mike, at home. One hockey game before we go right here in Las Vegas tonight. Your Dallas Stars take on the Knights. The Knights are 145 with a total of five and a half. Yeah, good matchup here in net between Braden Holpe and Robin Leonard. Leonard's been terrific so far this year. I know the goals against may not reflect that necessarily, but uh, this is going to be a challenge here against Holpe. He's been good. Has Holpe been the goalie they always thought they had in Ben Bishop when he came to Dallas? I think so. Couldn't stay healthy. No, he couldn't stay healthy. That was a big problem. Yeah, he still has it. All right, thanks for tuning in today. Stay tuned to Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Next up, betting across America. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.